This is the podcast from Connection Community Church for the Sunday, December 18th, 2011. Great Expectations, The Chosen One. Mary, did you know? She's our focus this morning as we continue our series, Great Expectations. Today, The Chosen. Good morning, Connection Church. Merry Christmas. Hope everybody, thank you. I hope everybody is really prepared for the birth of the Christ child. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Almighty God, we do welcome you here today. We welcome you with great expectation. Salvation is here. And we ponder, we ponder what child is this that comes piercing the darkness and bringing forth light. We ponder, Lord, what it was like for Mary and Joseph. Now, Lord, open up our hearts so that we might hear your message found in Scripture, so that we might be changed and transformed by it. We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit and all of Connection Church said, Amen. Amen. And so again, we turn to the prophet Isaiah to help us realize the source of some of the great expectations of the Hebrew people. They, as we've shared before, Isaiah lived um, at a time of great upheaval in the country to his north, Israel, and in his own country, Judah. In the seventh uh, chapter of the book of Isaiah, we read where the king of Rezin of Aram, part of Syria, and, and a fellow named Pekah, who was the son of Ramalia, who was king of Israel, they marched up to, to Jerusalem, their troops together, the capital of Judah, but they were unable to, to overpower and take. In other words, they were, they were trying to take uh, Jerusalem, but they weren't able to. But it was still a threat. In addition to that, the king of Judah, Ahaz, had been told that another tribe, Ephraim, had also allied with the king of Aram. So in other words, they've got a lot going on uh, 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 that's threatening to their country. Sounds like to their we country. three kings. Yeah, yeah three, we three kings aren't. <laughs> anyway, right. Scripture tells us that this, the hearts, hearts of Ahaz and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Now the Lord told Isaiah to meet King Ahaz and to tell him not to lose heart because of these challenges uh, he was facing, he and his country were facing. And so the Lord speaks to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah. And the Lord continues to tell Isaiah what to say to King Ahaz as he tells him that there are other leaders plotting Ahaz's ruin. Now, all this historical stuff is really important because it takes us on this journey. The Lord shares that this wouldn't take place, though, and then shares that if Ahaz does not stand firm in his faith, he will not stand at all. Mm. (laughs) And then uh, Ahaz is told to seek a sign of the Lord. He says, I can't do that. And God gets a little upset with him and gives him a sign anyway. 
And here's what um, he tells him, Ahaz, through the prophet Isaiah. He says this. He says, watch for this. Watch for this. A girl who is presently a virgin will get pregnant. She'll bear a son and name him Emmanuel, God with us. By the time the child is 12 years old, able to make moral decisions, the threat of war will be over. Relax. Those two kings that have so worried you that have you so worried will be out of the picture. But also be warned. God will bring on you and your people and your government a judgment worse than anything since the time the kingdom split. When Ephraim left Judah, the king of Syria is coming. <laughs> the king of Syria is coming. And so we've been talking the last four weeks about prophecy. The prophetic word in the Old Testament that leads us to the birth of the Christ child. And we see that in the New Testament. We've shared that many of the Old Testament prophecies both had an immediate and a long-range prophetic effect. You know, immediate as well as long-range. Well, there's no exception here. King Ahaz was given a sign from God. King Ahaz was given a sign of hope, the sign. A young girl, a virgin, would get pregnant. Now, the original word, Alma, could be translated as either young woman or virgin. Many translations choose to use the word virgin, but some translate it as young woman. The message version that we just shared combines the two. This sign will will be that the young woman, presently a virgin, would be with child. We aren't told who the woman is. Now, from a Christian perspective, we look back and we recognize this as Mary, right? But at the time, 700 years before Jesus, the prophet Isaiah and King Ahaz didn't have quite the same perspective that we do. And so most likely they were looking for a more immediate sign, giving them hope as they worried about their present vulnerability to foreign attack. And they are assured, though, that this present enemy will not destroy them. But God also gives them a warning that he will bring judgment on this people and the government. He tells them, the king of Assyria is coming. Years later, many years later, this does come to pass as Assyria and Egypt weaken Judah, and there is a takeover, as we've shared before, by Babylon. And so the people look back. They look back at the words that the prophet Isaiah shared and the promise of the sign, the promise of the sign of a young woman a virgin who will give birth. And they will call him Emmanuel. He'll be named Emmanuel, God with us. Now, the people are able to see that prophecy in a larger, more encompassing message of hope. They're able to to project out. Not a hope that is short-lived, though. Not a hope that is short-lived, that is betrayed by people's actions by the turning away 
of God's people from God. See, that's what was happening at the time in the Old Testament. People were faithful, they turned away. They were faithful, they turned away. The people could see through the prophet Isaiah that there was something more, that there was hope, hope for all time, hope for all people. A word, hope, coming from the offspring of a virgin, the one who they would call Emmanuel, God with us. That's what Emmanuel means, God with us. A message of hope, of the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ, the very Son of God. And we see all this in the culmination in the words from the writer that we find in the gospel story, the writer Luke. And he shares about the life of Christ. Here's what Luke shares, shares in Luke chapter 1. And you might want to follow along in your Bibles or on the screen or your smartphones or whatever instrument you use to carry the Bible with you. This again is from Luke. We're, we're sharing from the NIV 1984 translation here. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this could be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come among you will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month. Say the next line with me. For nothing is impossible with God. Hmm. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And the angel left her. Mm. Now that's some kind of message of hope, don't you think? Message of hope. Not like the message of hope that Isaiah brought to the people in the immediate context of that prophecy. Not a hope in that case that didn't last. This is a message of hope for all time. The hope of the one who would come to save the world. Born of a virgin, her name, Mary. Mary. She was chosen. Chosen by God to carry the message of hope, the one who was and is the hope of the world. Can any one of us imagine what it would have been like for Mary that day? Can you just imagine, first of all, you have to be a little bit scared when you're told that you've, that, that God has found favor with you. (laughs) Like, oh my, that usually means an assignment, a vocation, (laughs) a mission, 
I have found favor with you. Woo, okay. God usually gives the tough, challenging, and life-changing jobs to those who he finds favor with. And every single person in here, God has found favor with you, so be ready. If you've given your heart to God, well, that's what happened to Mary. She found favor, and she got the most important assignment in human history. The most important assignment, carrying and bringing forth the Son of God. Can you just imagine? The Savior of humankind, Emmanuel, God with us. That is quite an assignment. Mm. You know, the... The angel tells her that she's going to be with child, and it doesn't make sense to her. She hadn't done what it takes to be with child. <laughs> How can this be, she wonders. Now, in her questioning, she's not doing a Moses. You remember Moses who pulled out every objection in the book when God gave him his assignment. Every reason in the world why it shouldn't be him. Um, tried to get out of going down to Egypt and freeing God's people out of slavery. Now, Mary wasn't making excuses when she said it doesn't make sense. She wasn't trying to get out of the assignment. She just couldn't understand how this could be when this hadn't happened. <laughs> and then the angel told her, and, and that should have made her really nervous because <laughs> being pregnant out of wedlock, being pregnant out of wedlock, especially when it's someone other than your fiancé? Well, it was a crime. It was a crime at that time, punishable by death. Women were stoned for this. She didn't have Jesus there to protect her. And later, um, we all know that the Lord, it was just such a wonderful, wonderful miracle that happened. Mm. But, you know, Mary didn't think about the consequences, did she? When she questioned, it wasn't about the consequences. It was about how it happened. Once, once she realized that, she didn't question um, what, what was going to happen. Once she understands how, how it would take place, once she made sense of the situation, or at least a little bit of sense, once she sees that God's in the center of this whole thing, well, she just yields to God's direction and, and to God's Holy Spirit. She's not thinking of what might happen to her. She just puts herself in God's hands. As she says, I, I am the Lord's servant. Wow. Now uh, we get a little glimpse right there of why God chose her, don't we? Why she was the chosen one to help fulfill the great expectation of the Hebrew people. In fact, later on in the first chapter of Luke, Mary offers a song of praise to the Lord. It's, it's uh, typically known as the Magnificat. Here's Mary's song. Sing it, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
or the, or the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mm. Isn't that just a glorious song? Yeah. So once again, though, we ask the question, this is a nice little historical bit. We often don't share the Magnificat. That's a little bonus today. And, but what's that got to do with us? What's that got to do with us here today, this morning, right here at Connection? Well, as we look ahead toward Christmas, as we look ahead with great expectations, we realize that the, uh, the prophecy of Isaiah, this prophecy of hope, continues to live even today. We realize that God uses us. Like Mary was a regular, ordinary person, and so are we. God uses us, regular, ordinary people, to continue to carry out that prophecy of hope. How can you be the hands and feet and voice of Christ as you carry the hope? How can you do that at home, at work, at school, wherever you are? Now, who do you know who is walking in darkness and needs you to be Jesus with skin on. You see, God continues to use us to carry this prophetic message of hope just as he used Mary to carry Jesus way back when. Mary didn't ask to be the chosen one, did she? She was far too humble for that probably part of the reason she was chosen. She didn't seek the assignment, but God chose her to bring forth the one who was at the center of of the great expectations we talk about. She was the one who would deliver, literally, the good news. God chose Mary to carry the hope of the world. And God has chosen us, you and me, to continue to carry this message of hope to the world. On the other hand, maybe you're not feeling chosen today. In fact, maybe you're feeling far from God, far from those around you. Maybe darkness better describes where you're at right now. And if that's where you are, this message is for you. This message of hope is for you. As Christ comes into our lives, that darkness turns into light. The very reason Jesus Christ came is to turn our darkness into light, to give us a hope and a future to help us not be afraid of those things that are to come, to help us not be afraid of what will happen tomorrow, but to live with confidence 
as children of God. That's the hope. The Bible is full of promises. That is hope. We don't have to stay where we're at today, right now, because God has has so much planned for our lives. We can live with great expectations. Great expectations. The very reason Jesus came to be the light of the world. We have such a need. We have such a need for a Savior. Because when we do it ourselves, we all know how it just doesn't work. It doesn't work, and we keep spinning our wheels and spinning our wheels. And then at some point, some of you have done this. I know we've done this. We say, God, we can't do this anymore. Take over my life. Drive that car. Order my steps. Guide my thoughts. That's the hope that each one of us has. So if you're in a dark place today, remember the message that God loves each one of us so much that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. A light in the darkness. We read in scripture where Christ says, I am the light of the world. He came to bring light to the darkness, the darkness that we feel, the darkness that we see around us. He is the one who brought light. But he also says, and we read in Matthew 5, you are the light of the world like a light on a hill. Don't put it under a bushel. You can't keep it. This thing is too good to keep to ourselves. You are the light of the world. It's like those uh, sun catchers in your window where the sun shines through them and that's how you see it. We're the sun catchers. We reflect the light of Christ. That's what makes us the light of the world as well. We reflect that life, that light of life that is Christ. Hope, a light in the darkness. That's what Mary was chosen to carry. To literally carry and bring into the world. And we're called to carry that hope as well. As we look forward to Christmas with great expectations. That's the good news. Let's live it and let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for the hope that you bring in our lives. Thank you so much that you chose humble Mary, a great example for all of us. Almighty God, help us carry the hope to those who are in need. Thank you for giving us a hope and a future. Thank you that each day can be filled with with your love and with joy and that there's nothing that we encounter that can is far from your touch. Almighty God, we thank you and we praise you today, tomorrow, and all the days of our lives. 
We pray this in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of Connection Church said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at www.connectioncc.org. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life that he offers. Thank you.